0: Hello, and thank you for joining us here on The Neutral Zone. I am Phil Milani, joined as always by my partner in crime, my uh, sidekick, my really the best way to describe this person is my everything. Of course, I'm talking about at Eric DeLau.
1: Phil, it's a privilege. It's an honor. It's a pleasure. Those three things.
0: It's It's really, it's those three things. Well, it's also a tradition that every week you and I get together and have a a good football discussion about the Broncos.
1: A rousing discussion. You could say,
0: I think that uh, it's safe to say that I look forward to this and also our listeners look forward to it every single week.
1: So uh, in some ways, these are some difficult times and, we're kind of there as a a shining light of hope for a neutral zone nation, you know? That's true. That is true.
0: If uh, people have been uh, paying attention this week to com or the YouTube page or social media.
1: Why wouldn't, why would they not be?
0: I don't know. Um, But we've been doing a lot on Broncos uniforms and Jersey numbers this week. So uh, we thought we'd talk about that a little bit more here on the neutral zone. Um, We have ranked the best uniform combinations in Broncos history. But uh, I think for the purpose of this podcast, we want to just get into jersey numbers.
1: Yeah. And Phil, this is not, I want to be quite clear, this is not because we've run out of things to talk about. This is because we're very interested in the topic.
0: We are interested in the topic, and we just thought that we could continue the discussion a little bit more here in a podcast format versus video. Right.
1: Very different formats.
0: Because let's just face it. If you wanted more Eric and Phil in your life, there's a lot of ways to get that. You've got Good Morning Broncos Country. You've got all of the debates that we do on, uh, on the website and on YouTube. And you've also got this so
1: yeah and uh i can give people your address if they just want to come say hi
0: that's true that's true
1: um your door is always open
0: yeah i'm kind of like a motel six the li- the light's <laughs> always on yeah just not upstairs <laughs> <laughs> pretty good burn there i like it i like it um i know that you've uh done the meticulous task of assigning the best player to wear each number in Broncos history. I have, Phil. I know that. I think that for 13, you actually put Trevor Simeon, didn't you?
1: I did because he's the best player to wear 13. Unequivocally, I would add.
0: (laughs) We need some more 13s. Um, That's true. Steve Tenzi was a close second. Classic.
1: So some of these numbers, Phil, uh, were a little trickier than others, you know, in, because some of them, you've got really great debates for, you know, who should, who should be uh, number 14, number 15, and then some of these numbers, you're like, oh, did anybody good wear this number?
0: Yeah. No, I mean, there's a lot of numbers out there.
1: <laughs> it's true. Uh, you would th- you would think 99 of them, but actually, Johnny Olshevsky wore number zero.
0: Oh, so there's 100.
1: Yeah, only guy to ever wear it. Interesting. So he he was named the best guy to wear number zero.
0: Mm. But uh, I do think that there are a few numbers that we can have some reasonable debate on. And I would say those numbers are 14, 15, 80 maybe, and also 87
1: yeah yeah and uh you you think eight is a debate as well, right
0: um yeah, I think that eight you could have a little bit of a debate there.
1: no, you don't think it's as interesting of a debate
0: it's not that I mean, okay, let's go ahead and uh, get into eight a little bit uh who who do you think are the best players to ever wear eight
1: well you're deciding between Brandon McManus, Kyle orton and Gary Kubiak, I would say.
0: Yeah. I would probably say that uh that's fair.
1: Yeah. Uh other player, players, Matt Mock, Jeff Lewis, Tommy
0: Maddox to name a few, but Tommy Maddox You think he's the best player to wear? Eat? No, I would say Gary Kubiak in my opinion, but
1: Yeah. You know, I said, you know, I love Gary Kubiak. He's a great man. But I did say Brandon McManus just because of how uh, important he was to the Super Bowl 50 run. And I know Gary Kubiak was part of this team for a
0: long time, but mainly as a reserve. Who who was more important for the Super Bowl run? Gary Kubiak, the head coach, or Brandon McManus, (laughs) the kicker?
1: That's true, but (laughs) Gary Kubiak, the head coach, was not wearing number eight.
0: How do you know? Maybe he was uh, underneath.
1: Yeah, just in case Peyton went down and, and Brock
0: couldn't go. Exactly.
1: He was like, oh, I'm ready to roll.
0: Exactly. You just, I'm just saying, don't discredit it.
1: Okay. I'll, I'll keep my mind open.
0: Um, anyway, let's get into the real debate. And I think that 14, you can have a, a legitimate discussion about 14. Uh, you're talking about players, current Corlin Sutton, and then in the past, Brandon Stokely and Brian Greasy.
1: Yeah, and Phil, this is where we start to disagree because you made some of your decisions for this based on potential, based on projection, based on what could happen down the road. I'm making it based on what have you actually done. And so to me, Brian Greasy uh, has made the same number of Pro Bowls as Cortland Sutton and has played more seasons. That's just when it
0: gets your argument. Huh? That he's that he's he's made the same amount of Pro Bowls and he's already played five years in it.
1: Right, but Brian Greasy like you can't say that Cortland Sutton has accomplished more than him because it's not like Cortland has made two Pro Bowls already. He's but made you one can Pro just Bowl. say
0: he's already better than he is.
1: Already. <laughs> you could make you could say that, but I think that what Brian Greasy did, uh, to be the starter for several years, that's a more impactful you know, say that, say that Cortland Sutton never played another snap of football and you, you know, he just disappeared. He vanished. Something went really wrong. And we were like, what happened to Cortland? And we don't want this to happen. I don't but, want that
0: to happen.
1: Yeah, because it would make you incorrect. And also, we like Cortland. But <laughs> I think if you looked back and then you were like, well, who is, who is a more memorable player, Brian Greasy or Cortland Sutton? You'd probably be like, well, Brian Greasy was around for a lot longer. Cortland was here for two years, and then he vanished.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I suppose his vanish would make him a sort of That'd a – That would be memorable. A, yeah, yeah, that would be memorable, yeah. But uh, I I suppose you would do – you. I have to project a little bit here, but I do think that Sutton, already a Pro Bowler, 10 career touchdowns in just two seasons. I think that he's on his way to becoming the best number 14. And I would just say, for the purposes of this discussion, he's already the best number 14.
1: Well, if you think he's already the best, then that's great. Like, we can do that. But this is not like who is one day in the future going to be the best number 14. This is who is currently, because you can make the argument, you can say, uh, gosh, I'm trying, you could be like Bradley Chubb could be the best guy to wear 55, you know?
0: Well, who who is the best player to wear 55? Uh, I
1: think we said, I believe we said D.J. Williams.:
0: Yeah, D.J. Williams is good. Uh, you got uh, let's see who you got on else Rick Dennison wore 55.:
1: I believe the official list that we're going to release soon, which uh, we went with D. J. Williams, but yeah, you know, you could be like, well, Bradley Chubb is anything like he was as a rookie. He's going to be the best guy to wear that number, but this isn't about projections. It's about like what have you done? Otherwise, we can just we can say Jerry Judy is the best guy to wear ten. We can say, you know,
0: yeah. I th- I think that that is how the list should be. It's like just simply look and say <laughs> okay. who's so the, the best player. To, just be different than what who's, who's the best player to wear fourteen. I think it's Garlandson. Um, we can move
1: on. We'll, 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 check, we'll check back in. We'll check back in twenty thirty and see how your list stacks up.
0: Brandon Soakley, uh, honorable mention here. Uh, played 15 seasons in the NFL, almost. Uh, what do I have? I can't read my handwriting here. <laughs> it's a bummer. Uh, yeah.
1: Can I, as you try to decipher what you wrote, um, can we backtrack a little bit to number three? Because- oh, Obviously, there's not a, a ton of competition there. You've got Rich Carlos, who is kind of the clear answer there. And I know you're...
0: You love kickers, so...
1: <laughs> yeah, it offends your, your sensibility. But, I mean, are you of the opinion that we should already go to, like, Drew Locke should be number three?
0: Um, yes, I am of that opinion. Well, Rich Carlos was Drew- really good, but I think that he's... I think that you could, argue. I think you can make an argument that Drew Locke is already the best Broncos player to ever wear number three. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's what I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to take I anything away from Rich think disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rich Carlos was a great kicker and made a lot of clutch kicks. You know, playoff type kicks. Right. So I, I don't want to.
1: Like, are you, you want to say KJ? Hamler's already the best player to number 13.
0: If mm, he hasn't ever played a game. So it's really hard no. to tell.
1: Drew Locke's only played five, so.
0: Yeah, as a quarterback, so.
1: <laughs> it's true. Five quarterback yeah. games are equal to – how many kicker games is that worth, though? <laughs> I don't know. How many
0: snaps? They probably played the same amount of snaps. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Uh, let's just say Trevor Simeon better watch out. Okay KJ, KJ Hamler might pass him by the end of this year. So that's quite possible. I'm not. Yeah. Um 15 is also a very debatable number.
1: Yeah, you've got uh Tim Tebow, of course, Brandon Marshall, the wide receiver, uh Jim Turner, a kicker again. So Phil's not going with Jim Turner, and then uh You know, Marlon Briscoe, even a short-lived stint there, just one year and 15. But, you know, I'm going to defer to Jim Turner just because uh, Ring of Famer, again, longevity, kicked from 1971 to 79. You know, Tebow just wasn't here long enough. And even Brandon Marshall, I think, while he was impressive, made, what, two Pro Bowls? He just yep. – to me, Brandon Marshall is one of those what-if players in Bronco's history. You know, what if he was here for his entire career? Because his best football was, you could argue, after he left Denver.
0: Yeah, well, he made the Pro Bowl twice while he was in Denver. Uh, so not just made the Pro Bowl twice only. He made the Pro Bowl twice while he was in Denver, two of his four seasons.
1: That's why he said. Yeah. So, yeah, but like his all-pro – a, his first team all pro, which I love like a I love all pros like nothing else in this world yes
0: that came in Chicago uh was it Chicago or was it uh with the Jets Chicago
1: I'm looking at okay. the uh pro football reference
0: got it okay 83 career touchdowns for Brandon Marshall That's true That's pretty good and uh but 25 with the Broncos Yeah, that's pretty good, too. Four seasons, 25 touchdowns is pretty good. And the the impact that he made on those teams, I think you could argue that uh, he's just the best player to ever wear 15 in Broncos history.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he's got a much more compelling argument than Tim Tebow, I think.
0: Yeah, Tim Tebow. I think I think what you would credit him the most with is revitalizing a fan base. The Broncos had been sort of down for a little bit there, gone through some tough years with Josh McDaniels, and then Tim Tebow brought a lot of excitement and the way that the Broncos were winning those games in 2011. I mean, those were miracle games, and so I think that the excitement that he brought—that's what I'll. Most remember Tim Tebow for,
1: right? And there probably are more fifteen Tebow jerseys than any yeah other. You know than there are Brandon Marshall jerseys.
0: I mean, I mean, they. He was a great leader. He was a very passionate football player, fun to watch. But some of those games looked like he was playing a different sport. Yes, he he took football back to like the. A different era, you know, yeah, with, with uh,
1: Rich Carlos, or farther back, you think? Further back,
0: <laughs> yes. Further like back. Lionel Taylor, or further. Well, Lionel Taylor put up huge numbers, so that's true. That's true. I, I'm thinking more of like maybe like what, uh, maybe like a wing tee high school. Uh, oh. yeah, that kind of yeah. era of football.
1: Kind of right when you were getting into the sport.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so That Chiefs game, I think he may have completed, what, six passes? Impressive. And uh, I think, though, when you look at what Brandon Marshall was able to do, I mean, some of the plays he made, one in particular, that one against the Cowboys, puts him a notch above. I mean, he was making – he was doing things that uh, only the best of the best wide receivers that have ever played the game have done. It's true. So,
1: yeah, that Kansas game, Kansas City game, six of 22 for 60 yards and an interception.
0: Yeah. But they did make the playoffs and he that's won. That's true. And then
1: he, he threw for over 300 yards.
0: Yeah. So,
1: 316.
0: But now, Now he plays baseball. So, that's true. What number does he wear in baseball? I have no idea. I don't know either. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't. I'm not like a huge into the um, minor league minor league system for the Mets. Mm. It looks
1: like he wears 85. 85. He's probably the best Bronco to go play baseball who wore 85.
0: I'll go ahead and say that's probably true. Yeah, that's fair. Um. Moving on to some other numbers though, I think that 80, there've been a lot of good players to wear 80, but I don't think that there's an actual argument there because Rod Smith owns all the records.
1: Yeah. I think that that's uh, a fair thing to say. You know, he is competing against guys like, let's see, Rick Upchurch, Rick, Rick Upchurch, Rich Upchurch, Mark Jackson, um, Julius Thomas to a much lesser degree, I think. But, um it's probably between Rod Smith and Rick Upchurch, I would say, and Rod just every meaningful statistical record in terms of being a receiver he holds. So I think that's a pretty clear-cut one. I will yeah. say, Phil, before we jump to 87, there's a couple other ones that interest me that we don't need to debate, but you know, you've know, you got Sua Cravens
0: versus Gene Mingo at 21. What about to uh, Talib? Yo, did I, what did what I say? Meant to say? I think that you said Sue Cravens. Oh, yeah. That's
1: not what I meant to say. Yeah. I meant to say keep keep leave. Sorry, Cravens is listed that, right above leave on this
0: list. That must happen to you often. You say things that you okay. don't mean to say. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what home? happens whenever I
1: agree with you. <laughs> I'm like, gosh, I didn't mean to say that. Yeah. I, I was like, it's yes, interesting
0: it. you think that it's between Sua Cravens Stuart and Jimmy? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I'll go ahead and it's see. Not Su- Su- it. It's not Sua. Uh,
1: not Sua uh, Su- uh, Cravens. Yeah. Um, 25, Chris Harris Jr. versus Haven Moses.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty good debate there. Um, okay,
1: those
0: are interesting. That's an interesting. Uh,
1: but then after that, uh, I think most of them are pretty clear cut until you get to 87.
0: 87 is a pretty, pretty good uh, debate here. Of course, we're talking about Ed McCaffrey, Rich, Tombstone Jackson, and Lionel Taylor.
1: Yeah, and I, I
0: feel, believe that Lionel Taylor
1: uh, deserves that nod at 87. Led the AFL in receiving five of the first six years that the league existed, a four-time AFL all-star. He went over a thousand yards, Phil, four times with the Broncos in the 1960s. That is wild. Yeah, I get the AFL was a little bit different where they were throwing the ball
0: a little bit more, but
1: he had 100 catches in 1961.
0: No, it's uh, very impressive, especially considering that he uh, was selected by the Chicago Bears as a linebacker. So, um, the very impressive. Four time All Pro, 44 touchdowns in Denver for Lionel Taylor. And uh, this week's guest on Broncos Country Throwback, uh, uh, another podcast here on the Broncos Audio Zone channel of podcasts. Is that correct? Is that how you say that? That was something. Yeah. You
1: said words. Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to. You
1: told Lionel. You told Lionel on this podcast, hey, I don't think you're the best guy to wear 87, right? I did.
0: Uh, actually, I didn't want to do it in public, so then I, I called him afterwards and just told him man to man. Yeah, no. he said, listen up. <laughs> um I am going to go with Ed McCaffrey, I believe, on this one. Um, nine seasons in Denver, won two Super Bowls, which – uh Neither of the other two men that we've discussed uh, have done. 46 touchdowns in Denver. And, uh, you know, he was just a reliable wide receiver that uh, no matter what, he was going to put his body in harm's way to try and make a catch. So um, I'm going to go with Ed McCaffrey. Although I don't want to knock Rich Tombstone Jackson, because anytime your nickname is Tombstone, you must have done something right,
1: Yeah, and he was a three time all AFL player. spent what five seasons, I believe five and a half seasons with the Broncos uh, impressive guy. Phil, you know Ed McCaffrey, well, we very much enjoy talking to Ed. He's the only one of those three guys who's not in the ring of fame.
0: That's sure but he, that right. He should be in the ring of fame, so got it. He should be in the Ring of Fame. And I think
1: he'll eventually be in the oh, there Ring you, of Fame. There you have it. Yeah. Yeah, I do, I do too. I think he's Yeah,
0: I think he'll eventually be in the ring.
1: That could be another so, podcast, Phil. Which guy should be in the Ring of Fame next.
0: Yeah. Maybe we'll uh maybe we'll record something like that later on.
1: Yeah. Is Ed McCaffrey the guy you would point to, just to give a little taste?
0: Um I think there's a few people who who could uh going there but yes i would certainly think that ed would be toward the top of the list a guy like mike that, shanahan comes to mind
1: is that you're uh yeah i'm talking about players though i, oh, I certainly okay. agree mike mike would be in there uh is that is there like a lawnmower or something running by you because it just kind of sounds like you're hedging a little bit
0: no i would say ed mccaffrey should be the next guy next player
1: okay i like al wilson yeah. i think al wilson is a guy that should be. uh
0: Ahead of Ed McCaffrey. Is that not okay with you? No, that's not okay with me. Not <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not okay. okay. Uh, Ed's time should be coming up soon here. One, he's retired long before Al Wilson, so let's, uh, let's just give the man yeah, his due.
1: Ed McCaffrey made one Pro Bowl. Al Wilson made five and was a first-team All-Pro in 2005. Yeah. I mean, he's really
0: good. Al Wilson should probably be in there too. At some
1: point, yeah, you, you could argue before Ed McCaffrey.
0: How many years did Al, Al play for Denver? Eight. Ed played nine. So.
1: <laughs> well, we <Yeah. laughs> you got the edge there. You did. It. I mean, truly, the the argument for Ed is that he was a key piece on those Super Bowl teams. Uh. What Super Bowl thirty two? He was more instrumental
0: than the than thirty three. Uh, he, no, he made No, he makes a bigger plays in thirty two. He had a nice block down the sideline, helped spring, Charles Davis for a big play. He had some bigger catches. Uh, I would say in thirty two versus thirty three. So, uh, so yes, uh, 30,
1: 32 two two catches for forty five yards. Thirty three five for seventy two. So had a better
0: statistical like game, bigger catches though. Bigger place. Yeah. So I would go with him, but I, I also uh, I, I recognize that the other two, 87 might be the most uh, highly contested. It's not often yeah, of that course, you get a, a defensive player who wore 87 and just terrorized quarterbacks. <laughs> That's true. Sort of well, in and... situation.
1: It is, uh, I think at some point, like you said, all three of those guys are going to be in the ring of fame. So yeah. uh, that's the only position really where, you know, 25, like we mentioned, you probably got, you know, if if and when Chris Harris is a ring of famer, you've got a couple of ring of famers there. Yeah. Um, I think there's a chance maybe someday Akib Talib could be in the ring of fame.
0: Possible. Um, it's just hard to... Depend on it, will depend on how much you just want to give nods based off of being on Super Bowl. So, yeah,
1: so but yeah, 87. Uh, a
0: tough number to decide, a lot of
1: room, a lot of room for discussion there.
0: Uh, we can continue this discussion, uh, into uh, talking about which numbers we think should be uh, retired next for the Broncos.
1: Oh, a little uh. Sounded like a segue there. I liked it.
0: Yeah, well, we just talked about uh, you know who could be next on the Ring of Fame. The natural transition into what numbers do we think could be uh, a retired next?
1: Yeah, I think Phil, the, the most natural answer is twenty-four, obviously for Champ Bailey, uh, a first ballot Hall of Famer last year, uh, a really incredible player among the best you know, perhaps the best cornerback in Broncos history. And I think for retiring numbers, something that's important is no one's really worn it since he retired in 2013. You had Adam Pacman Jones wear it for a very limited amount of time in 2018 with champs blessing, but, but that's it. So it's not a stretch, you know, no one's wearing it in 2020. Uh, So you've got another year where it's out of commission. So it just makes sense to me that that would be the next number to put up there. And, if you want to make the criteria you have to be a first ballot hall of famer to be under, you know, consideration for this. That's reasonable.
0: That is a, a very high bar. And I think, Aaron, it is. Uh, you and I agree that uh, to have a number retired is a very big deal. We don't think that anybody should just have their number retired. If you're a good player, you should go into the ring of fame. If you're a one of the best of all time, your numbers should be up for consideration to be retired. And so I do think that Champ Bailey's is is in that category. I can't believe Adam Jones wore that. That's just that. We
1: just just pretend like it didn't happen. It's
0: okay. Yeah. I I don't want, I was not a big fan of that at the time, but uh, yeah, I mean, member of the 2000s all decade team, a 12 time pro bowler, first ballot Hall of Famer. I think that uh, that makes sense. There are a couple of other numbers that could be in the mix there. Of course, 30 and also 84. Possibly. But like you mentioned, Eric, one of the problems is, is how many guys have worn it since the main guy to wear it. Of course, Philip Lindsay wears 30 now. David Bruton wore 30 before. People have wore 30 since Charles Davis and the same is, is true for uh, 84 since Shane Girard.
1: Yeah, that's kind of interesting cuz with 30 Phil after TD retired in 2002, nobody wore that number for 5 years. And so that's kind of where you know the momentum would have come from. And I wonder you know Phil maybe if if TD was a first ballot hall of famer back then, obviously he had to wait 11 years to be enshrined, but you think maybe had he gone in in 2007 right when he was eligible, maybe they would have made that decision to say we're going to retire that number. Uh, you know, kind that of right. you know, Elway's Elway's number was retired earlier than he was eligible, but yeah, um, it, it's kind of a, a similar situation, but now I'm not sure. I think it's very likely that you're going to go back and say, "Well, we've let people wear it for the last 15 years, but let's retire it now.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think that it just makes it a little bit more difficult. Uh, when you have to like take it off of a player and be like, we're retiring this number now. Um, That makes it a little bit more difficult. And, but I do think, I think like, um, I think 84 probably should be retired in my opinion, just because whenever I see 84, I think Shannon Sharp immediately. And so I know that Troy Fumagalli wears it now, but I do think that when I see that, I think, Shannon, Shannon. Whereas when I see 30, I, for whatever reason, personally, I don't think immediately Charles Davis. Maybe I'm crazy. though.
1: Well, you know, you mentioned this in the video we recorded. There's something about too that TD played his whole career here in Denver, whereas uh, Shannon did not. Champ yeah. did not. Um, yeah. But I also pointed out that Peyton Manning did not play his entire career here. And while 18 is not retired for him, there's a little, it's like a little notation down at the
0: bottom. That's true. 18 came out of retirement for him. Right. Um, but yes, I feel like maybe they should redecorate that area of the stadium.
1: <laughs> yeah. Maybe if you, if you add 24, maybe
0: there's a can little, do little some freshening up. Yeah. Yeah. That's no knock on so, trapuca, but it does seem, in my personal opinion, a little strange that trapuca is in huge letters. And then almost as like an asterisk on the bottom, it says Peyton Nanny. Oh, yeah, by the way, one of the greatest quarterbacks that's ever played this game, asterisk. I don't it's my opinion. When we've
1: got a column uh, from Jim Sakamano that's coming up on the website this weekend about those retired numbers, but – I could be okay with, you know, say you wanted to retire 24 and then maybe a couple of years down the road, you sign a really good cornerback, like who is on a, a Hall of Fame trajectory, or you draft a guy in the first round. Like, say you use a top 10 pick on a corner, maybe you unretire it just
0: for that guy. Eric, that just begs the question why retire it in the first place if you're just going to unretire till, it? Till
1: I mean, that's the same. Th- why retire Trapuca's number if you're just going to unretire it for Peyton Manning?
0: Yeah. Well, as we're going to get into it on, later in just a second here, 18 is Peyton Manning. It's not like Peyton's going to come here and wear a different number. So uh, that's, that's true. But um, if you draft a guy, you could just say, look, that number's off limits. Sorry.
1: I'm trying to think of a cornerback who is good enough to, like, this is ridiculous, but say that Champ, like, you redid it, and, like, Champ came, but 24 was
0: already retired, like, maybe unretired. Maybe you him. make an exception then, yeah. But, but uh, 18 is sort of special, but yes. Um, I think maybe yeah, you maybe you can make an exception in a very rare situation.
1: Right, and that's you what, can say that's what Peyton's me. was,
0: Yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. there's very few players that demand that, you know. Exactly,
0: exactly. One last thing to touch on here about jersey numbers maybe being retired. Eric, you know I love projections, so uh, perhaps 58 one day could be retired.
1: Oh, yeah, I like that uh, thought. Vaughn currently uh, is the best player that we picked to wear 58. Yes. So pretty uh, pretty easy choice there. Um, uh,
0: he's the career uh, sacks leader for the franchise, 106 career sacks right now. So,
1: yeah, you, you know, Phil, I think some of that has to do with what does he do this year and beyond. Um, you know, I think the Broncos have a, a contract option again after this year, and so you know, if for whatever reason Vaughn moves on after this season, I'm not sure if that merits a retired Jersey or not, you know, he's done a lot. And obviously um, I think he's tied for the most Pro Bowls appearances in in team history. Um, He's either first or second, but it would just be weird if he then went on and played like five years somewhere else. But if he's going to stay here his entire career, maybe he adds, 40 more sacks or something like that over the course of the next five years, ends up in the top 10 all-time among it, all NFL players, you know, like Demarcus Ware. Uh then he's a guy that merits that consideration. But a big thing for me, Phil, is I'd like to see Vaughn, you know, doesn't need to win another Super Bowl MVP, but kind of help this team turn around because he was here during the start of his career during some good times. Um, you know, second year was 2012 and then peyton they're obviously all through peyton's time and won the super bowl and since then the broncos have not been back to the playoffs and so i think part of vaughn's legacy can be hey he stuck it out and helped this team finally get things fixed
0: yeah and i don't think vaughn's story's uh completely written just yet so i think he's still got at least four or five more years left in him and um I know a lot of fans just, uh, and me personally, I'd like to see him finish it out in Denver. I hope that that's a possibility because that would be pretty rare to have a player like Bond play his entire career in one place. You know, uh, we just don't see that in sports that often. I mean, a guy, even a guy like Peyton Manning finishes his career somewhere else. A guy like DeMarcus Ware finishes his career somewhere else. It, it would be pretty special, in my opinion, if, for a player like Bond to be able to play his entire career in one place. Uh, It's really rare, and uh, that would be a cool feat. So, Right.
1: Well, and and maybe some of that goes along with, you know, is he a first-ballot Hall of Famer? I think if his career were to end today, I I think Vaughn's a Hall of Famer. I don't know if Vaughn is a first-ballot Hall of Famer if his career ends today. I think if he adds three or four more productive seasons and gets into that top ten area, he becomes a first-ballot guy. And so maybe that – Goes with it. Um, But, yeah, we'll just have to see. I mean, Bruce Smith didn't finish his career with the Buffalo Bills. Exactly.
0: You know, I mean, that's why I just – it would be pretty special if he could somehow figure out a way to get that done. So, um, just the fan in me would love to see that. Who is – I mean,
1: who is the most prominent guy that has done that recently?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to think of a player who's, you know, even a guy like Shannon Sharp didn't do that. You know, like, Terrell Davis's career got cut short because of injury because usually what happens in these situations is when you get toward the end of your career, there's a disagreement between the player and the organization on what the player's worth. The player still thinks that they're maybe a little bit more valuable than the organization thinks, and there's... A disagreement, and they go to so their separate ways. Um, I mean, Elway did it, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, kind of.
1: What do you mean, kind of? Well, he was on the Colts for like a hot second. <sighs> he played his entire um,
0: career for them. <laughs> uh,
1: no, but I'm trying to think. I mean, more like an NFL star recently that would have played his whole yeah. career. Maybe
0: Ray Lewis. Yeah, yeah, played his entire it's career in
1: Baltimore. Um, but it's looking like, you know, it's looking – Tom Brady obviously just went to the Bucks. It's looking like Aaron Rodgers is not going to be with the Packers his whole career depending on what happens there.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just rare. That's I mean, tough on – that's tough on a fan base. Maybe like a Russell Wilson. He's still really young, but you – yeah, know, we don't
1: know, you know. But he – I'm just even, years away from that being an issue, you know?
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to think of guys who, are like, uh, already played out their rookie contract and re-signed with the same team. You yeah. know? I mean, that's even rare nowadays. It's, it's,
1: you know. I mean, what, Jason Witten did it at first and now it's with the Raiders.
0: Yeah, I mean, that just doesn't sound right.
1: <laughs> if you can uh, think of somebody else... To those of you listening, maybe you can uh, give us yeah, a I shout. Why would they do that? At neutral. Uh, you can call 707-NEUTRAL or send an email to neutralzoneshow at gmail.com. We got a nice email, uh, Phil. Oh, yeah? We did. Did you Did you enjoy it? It was from uh,
0: Charles. Oh, uh, do you want to read some of it for us?
1: Yeah, it was it was long. Um we find the best.
0: Well, we appreciate it.
1: He said uh Charles M wrote us after we were talking about players from uh the past that you could add to this year's team and their prime. He said he said champ was his first choice, Gary Zimmerman is his second choice. But uh if you could choose quarterbacks, he said John Elway is by far the top choice. He says he wants hurled a snowball, this is Charles, at Len Dawson from the South Stands and Mile High. But he said uh, Elway's well-documented athletic ability that extended beyond the gridiron was nothing short of
0: amazing. I agree. I, mean, I know you do. I've talked to John about this a lot where it's just like if he could have played in with today's rules. Oh, man.
1: Yeah. And then uh, Charles's biggest take, and I think you would have liked this, Phil, if you switched Elway and Joe Montana, Elway would have more than four Super Bowl rings, and Montana would have wound up being an insurance salesman after two or three years.
0: Mm. I'm not sure if I agree with all of that sentiment, but uh, I would say that uh, Montana benefited from having the best wide receiver to ever play the game so
1: well and Bill Walsh
0: Bill Walsh he had uh you know some great running backs there in in San Francisco so but even to prove our point even more Joe Montana did not finish his career in San Francisco so that's true I mean maybe, very rare. maybe
1: Patrick Mahomes could just leave the Chiefs now that could be nice
0: that could be nice
1: yeah. <laughs> like, go to the – you know, there's a lot of NFC
0: teams that are looking for quarterbacks. But even Patrick Mahomes, maybe toward the end of his career, you never know. It.
1: Yeah. Phil, not to – before we get to this, I want to say if we're happy to read anyone's email, feature their voicemail, if they want to call or write in. Uh, but, Phil, today I saw something that said, if Patrick Mahomes retired today, would he be a Hall of Famer? And I think that's ridiculous.
0: Yes, of course, that's ridiculous. Why do you bring up such nonsense?
1: Because this was a, like a, this was CBS Sports, and lots of people were like, of course
0: he's a Hall of Famer. He's great. I mean, I think you have to have some sort of a benchmark in terms of statistics. You know, maybe it's yeah. not necessarily um, like baseball. You know, like baseball has these really hard benchmarks, but I, I think that you have to at least have played a certain amount of years throw on a certain amount of touchdowns. And he's just not hes just not there yet.
1: Yeah. Like if he played – say he made uh, one more Pro Bowl but like, like never did anything after that, you know, he could eventually get in. But yeah. think of what Terrell Davis, you know, TD in his first four years was an All-Pro three times, uh, ran for 2,000 yards, was an MVP, was a Super Bowl MVP, and he had to wait 11 years.
0: Yeah, exactly. I don't think that he's uh, got off to a great let's start. Cool, let's of his cool run. it. Yeah, it's just cool it. Yes, people need that. That needs just uh, relax a little, bit, might be a little bit. Um, but Eric, we sort of alluded to this with Peyton Manning. Let's transition here to where some of these numbers rank all time in the entire sports world, because if you ask me. 18 is a number that stands alone
1: for big men. Yeah, I agree. And you think of guys, you think of 23 for Michael Jordan, 42 for Jackie Robinson, uh, the three car for Dale Earnhardt. I mean, those are some of the most well-known numbers in sports. And I think 18 is right up there. And 7-2, I just think 18 maybe a little more so just because – There's other guys that have worn seven, Mickey Mantle, you know, whereas 18, it's just Peyton.
0: Exactly. I do think that – let's go down a list here of uh, what I consider some of the most identifiable players to wear their number. Uh, Number three, you mentioned Dale Earnhardt, but also Babe Ruth wore number three. So I think there's uh, those two guys for three. Uh, Eight, Kyle Ripken, Jr., I think, is, uh, is one that's really identifiable. 10, Pele. Um And then, of course, you mentioned uh, 23, 42. Richard Petty, the 43 car, is pretty identifiable there. And then I would also say Wayne Gretzky with 99. Maybe even 66 with Mario Lemieux. But uh, seven, Mickey Mantle, you mentioned, wore it. I think him and John Elway, those two are really good. The sevens that you think of
1: yeah and uh I think one reason also that you know John probably benefited to this too but he was in all these commercials Peyton more so has been in has just been in the public figure a lot uh worn his 18 jersey in a lot of those commercials and so that yeah. helps but you know anytime you think of 18 or seven particularly in the NFL world those are the people you're thinking of. And there's very few players in the NFL that you think of that way. I mean, 12 with Brady. Um, but, you know, there's not a lot more.
0: Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I mean, there's not a lot of guys who who just stick out from their number. I mean, Aaron Rodgers wears 12. You know what I mean? So it's not quite the same. I would say that John Elway has inspired future generations to wear seven. You talk about guys like Ben Roethlisberger and Michael Bick. But 18 really stands alone. Randy Boss wore 18 a couple seasons in Oakland. Um, Phil Jackson, when he played for the Knicks, wore 18. He's a coach, Phil. (laughs) Did you watch the last dance? (laughs) Um, I did, yeah. Perhaps the closest rival to 18 would be Dave Cohen's Played for the Boston Celtics was the NBA MVP in 1973, but that's a distant second to people. Is that's
1: back when like they had to go get the ball out of the peach basket each time that they scored?
0: Uh, not quite that, that feedback, right back, but
1: got it. Um, um, as, I think Jerry Rice in '80 is another uh, number that you think of.
0: Yeah. And you could probably say that a lot of future wide receivers were AD because of Jerry Rebs. So, yeah. but as with seven, Mickey Mantle, he won seven World Series. He played eighteen seasons of professional baseball, and he went to eighteen All Star games. That's every single year. That's a lot. So, um, other like sevens, Ron James level. <laughs> uh, David Beckham wore number seven, and uh, Phil Esposito for the Boston Bruins also wore number seven. But the pro- part of the problem is is that people think that seven is a lucky number. So there's more people who want to wear a seven. There's not a ton of people who think like 18 a lucky 18.
1: Do you think there's a chance, Phil? I'm trying to figure this out as, as we speak, but um, John Elway obviously was drafted by the New York Yankees. If he had played baseball, would he have worn seven there? I don't think so. He's not a guy that they would
0: have. Uh, they would not have said no. We're going to give you Mickey Mantle's number. I don't think so. What number did John Elway wear at Stanford? I'm not sure.
1: I'm trying to. I wish we had Ben Swanson. He's just. He's been really uh, slacking I mean, lately. Podcast supervisor hasn't shown up to
0: work. I see John wearing a number seven, but I also see him wearing 24. Mm. Which just looks weird. But uh, yeah, I'm seeing. He's probably doing that for Champ. You think that makes sense? He may have done that for Champion.
1: Yeah, Uh, Mickey Mantle's jersey was retired in 1969.
0: Yeah, I don't think they would do what you suggested to uh, do—that in special situations you just unretire. I don't think you do that for Mickey Mantle. That's sacrilegious. Yeah, I seen seven and twenty-four, so Mm. he probably would have gone with the twenty-four. I would, I would imagine.
1: John Elway was born in the same month that they retired Mickey Mantle's number. How's that for crazy? That is Just crazy. nine years apart. Wow. But they both happened in June, and it's June right
0: now. Whew. Connections. Wow. Hold the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, let us know what you think. Make sure you check out our videos. We're going to uh, have a couple of these uh, come out uh, at the beginning of next week. So uh, make sure you leave the comment there. But I uh, wanted to give Neutral Zone Nation a little bit of a sneak peek on uh, what's coming up on the website and, and also on YouTube.
1: Of course. That's what Neutral Zone Nation deserves because they're they're, there with us at, they're with us at all
0: times. And it is Neutral Zone Nation, not NC Country. No. Did somebody, do, did somebody say that? No. But I, I just... Oh. That's just something being that people, silly. yeah, just being silly <laughs> Got it um Eric, I think we've reached that point in the show where we like to do something called shout outs.
1: And people are probably really happy because normally we at least give you somebody else to listen to to break this thing up,
0: not today not today, no uh, shout out Liz Manis of course, of course, just uh.
1: You know, working in the community nonstop, no days off, no days off. Very impressive. It is the uh, Broncos. Find out Sunday, Phil, if they have been named the Sports Humanitarian Team of the Year
0: from ESPN. Watching closely, correct? Yeah. yeah, It's not like there's a some a governing body that that. It's not like a. Yeah, I think
1: it's. It's like ESPN
0: slash Nobel Prize, I think. Is <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but yes, a very big deal. Make sure you watch the ESPYS on Sunday night. Yeah, can we, you vote for that or no? I don't I think so. Don't think so. No. Maybe just maybe search how, it and see if. you How can would vote. you even vote for that? Because, like, are you familiar with like um, some of the other finalists? Uh, are the um, LA Dodgers? Are you familiar with their community work?
1: The, uh, I read the little blurbs, but that's about it. But I think previously James. on the show, I think we encourage people to vote for Walter Payton Man of the Year, and I don't think you can vote for that either. So it's not it's not unlike us to encourage people to vote for things that they cannot vote for.
0: You know what? If you want to vote for the Broncos Community Department, just call seven zero seven neutral.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's how you tell vote. us why the Broncos should win the community
0: award. Yeah, let's presented by the Nobel Prize. Hey, what if we did this? If the Broncos win that award, we'll get the Liz Manis to come on the show. Hey, that'd be good. That could be kind of cool.
1: Should we give out Liz's Twitters so that uh, people can tweet at her directly? Maybe we'll save that for if we win.
0: I think it's at Broncos Off Field.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah. Let's save that if we win. That's like a little su- surprise.
1: Yeah. Liz Maness will record your voicemail
0: for your, uh, <laughs> cell phone. <laughs> yeah. She also is on Cameo. She does birthday wishes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All proceeds go directly to the community.
0: Exactly. To straight, to the food bank of the Rockies.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, any other shout outs, Phil?
0: Um, maybe you could, uh, uh shout out some of the, um, safety measures that are uh, the Broncos are trying to put in place at the stadium. Um, one of the features you may have seen this is uh, touchless toilets. I know that's a big favorite of yours. By far the, be- <laughs> for the best option there. Uh. <laughs> You're trying to get that for your house, right? Eric?
1: Yeah, exactly. You've also got touchless paper towel dispensers. <laughs> Lots of options, but no, they're they're uh, doing everything uh, they can to try to get fans back in there, Phil. So
0: unfortunately, uh, the whole process can't be touchless. But
1: right, yeah, they're working on that still. They're trying um, their best. <laughs> right. Yeah. But,
0: but no, yes. uh,
1: they've they've got the all the touchless bathrooms. By the time the season starts, yeah. they're doing some stuff with UVC light for the escalators. They're uh, making improvements to the HVAC system to try to limit uh, the spread of what, I guess, disease pathogens or something like that. It's all very scientific, but um, yes. we, we still don't have specifics, Phil, on what that's going to look like for the season, but they're just doing everything they can in case we can have people, and that's kind of what we're planning on now, and we'll just we'll just see what happens.
0: Yeah, it's going to be an interesting next couple of months just in terms of just getting closer to the start of the season and figuring out, you know, some of these details because the NFL's approach through all of this has just been to prepare as if things are going to be normal. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to just see as we get closer to the start of the season, maybe there'll be some more details about if there's going to be any restrictions or what, what. what not? so
1: i mean we're now phil we're just over a month away from when training camp is supposed to start and so at, at a certain point it becomes hey you got to stop planning for or waiting and seeing and seeing what could happen and you know it's going to get here
0: soon exactly so we'll probably start learning uh, some details and uh just figuring out what what this thing's going to look like so but uh good so to know bathrooms work yeah exactly Exactly. I, I might just go into the stadium and just check it out. Did you see they did a flush test in uh, Las Vegas today? Yeah. How did that go?
1: I think it went well. I think, that, what, 1,400 toilets and sinks that they had all go at the same time?
0: You would think and there'd be worked. some pressure problems or something like that. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, that's, I think, what they're looking for. but A water you know, supply. Normally... Normally when like there's that big of a flush, it's just the Raiders playing.
0: Oh, Oh my gosh. Wow. You're going to appear on. Some, picked up. Yep. You're yeah. going to, you're going to get. Uh, <laughs> you'll be that's at Eric DeLala at a R I C. Yeah.
1: Our friends who work for the Raiders are going to, that's going to be on their podcast next week. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We're trying to get some of our friends on the Raiders, uh, to come onto this podcast, we'll have a little discussion about a yeah, little
1: Back and forth. Yeah, they don't yeah. like Drew Locke much over there.
0: No. No.
1: So consider my joke just kind of sticking up for this team. Wow. They started it.
0: Okay. Um, so that'll be all over message boards and Raiders Reddit. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Come at me, Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> You're asking for it. You're asking for some trouble here. Well, you can defend yourself. Yeah, I'll be fine. Yeah. I wonder if like uh, maybe somebody in the stadium was taking a shower. They did the, didn't know about the flush test. And then oh, it got all really hot. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah That'd be really hot if all yeah. 1,400 yeah. toilets were flushed at once. Hopefully. And probably flush with uh, no touch. Exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. No touch. Everybody no
1: just waving there. We're just waving their hands all at once, just
0: going crazy, yeah, it's flushing all over the place. So,
1: anyway, should we we this before I offend another fan base?
0: Yeah, yeah, we better just shut this thing down. so uh make sure you check out our, our stuff on uh, Jersey numbers. Um, some interesting debate, some good thought there, but uh, let us know what you think. so that is gonna do it for this episode. Um, nobody to thank Eric. We didn't have any guests, so just no, that's
1: you. true, and no help from Ben
0: Swanson. Yeah, so it's just this is just the Eric and Phil show today. So, uh, we'll be back next week as we get a little bit closer to the start of training camp. I suppose we'll probably start doing some previews of uh, some, some of the biggest question marks heading into training camp, but that's for a different week. We'll be back uh, next week, but I think that's going to do it for us. For Eric, Dall, I'm Phil Maloney, and you've been listening to.
1: Good the morning, Broncos. Oh. <laughs> the neutral zone. The zone. neutral zone.